You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hello, and welcome to We Are Libertarians daily episode. Uh, so hard to keep track of the numbers. Uh, my name is Paul Copeland, and joining me today is uh, Hody Johns. Hody, how are you? Doing great, Paul. I'm uh, excited to end my career with We Are Libertarians during this episode. Yeah, uh, well, before we get into it, uh, I did ask you whether or not you really wanted to tackle this subject today, and uh, I knew that it was going to be a, oh, hot button doesn't even describe it, but uh, I don't think you were fully prepared for the hornet's nest that you were choosing to kick here. I was not, and I'm joking about it being my last... uh, podcast, although this this very well could be a reality afterwards. Um, this was based on a question from a viewer. My thanks to uh, Zoe for submitting this one uh, about a conversation with a friend. And for me, I just thought it was a very innocent little, okay, hey, you know, I'll throw it to Paul and we'll ta- tackle it next week. And you were, you were like, oh, people are going to get mad about that. And uh, yeah, so we are talking about vaccinations today. And now this is part of the tough question series. Because it was posed as a question. And so I guess the the question is that, you know, if libertarians had their way, wouldn't the world die of an epidemic? Because, you know, libertarians are opposed to vaccinations because you're you're applying medical treatment against someone's will. So I guess we can address that part really quick. Truthfully, I think the question itself is easy to answer in like a single sentence. Uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul, I'll give you first crack at it, but I can follow you up. I mean, right now, vaccination is not mandated. You don't go to jail for failing to vaccinate your kids, and yet we still have really high compliance rates. So, no, I don't think that the world would uh, devolve into, you know, my last playthrough of Plague Incorporated and have... (laughs) 70% 70% of the world die. Right, I'm sorry you couldn't get 100% on your Plague Inc. I've uh, <laughs> I've been there a couple times too. Yeah, you know. it's it's always like New Zealand and Madagascar. You know? mine, mine never tra- travels to Greenland. Those guys are so lucky. Uh, <laughs> well, no, they live in Greenland, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> Fate worse than death. <laughs> um, so, when we're talking about these... Uh, when we're talking about the vaccination, we're, we're, what you said, it's voluntary. You, you cannot get it, and it's not illegal. Now, that's uh, a lot of times you talk about how we're not living in a libertarian world. In this case, that actually is very libertarian. It's it's your choice to get it or not. Um, we do have to address it from the standpoint of the child, but one more thing that I wanted to add to this is that um, the second part of I, I guess the follow-up question this was talking about how, how wouldn't the free market say nobody would get one because it's just cheaper not to get one. And everybody would just decide not to get one to save themselves a buck or two, you know, because, oh, you know, if my insurance isn't covering it and I have to pay for it personally, why in the world would I ever choose to get a vaccination? Um, they're very cheap. They're mass produced and they have, um, they have proven to be effective at 
keeping away whatever they were supposed to do. Now, I know I have friends from both pro and anti-vaccinations, and I will do my best to be fair to both sides um, in this this discussion. But I wanted to talk about the philosophical elements before we talked about the medical elements, because the medical elements is where we're going to piss everybody off. Um, That's where people get most upset. So, let's start with the basics. Your child, right. Now, how would you answer this, Paul? Because if we say, I'm a parent, I'm deciding that I want you to be vaccinated. You don't get a choice in that because you're a baby. How is that okay But with a libertarian? Well, you know, there are, there are many schools of thought that all fall within the libertarian spectrum here. Uh, and there are some where, you know, absolutely no potentially harmful, you know, Nothing like this, like you'd have to get the consent of the child for something like this in some of those schools of thought. I don't personally ascribe to any of those schools of thought. I am more of a stewardship uh, viewpoint on this. And I believe that with vaccination, you are lowering risks and you are taking the best course preventing illness for your child. So... I fall, you know, in just the same way that you don't let your child choose not to eat vegetables or choose to play out in the middle of the street, even though that's where all the cool rocks are. You know. Sure. But a libertarian purist, or I should say libertarian purist, because like I said, libertarianism embodies so many different schools of thought that we can't. I don't even want to say libertarian purist, but from a certain point of view, they would say, well, why don't you just keep your kid in like a completely vacuum chamber because then they can get no disease, you know, like, and so if you're saying, well, I'm doing this so that my child doesn't get disease. And they say, well, if that's your goal, why don't you just, you know, lock them up and, you know, be like the matrix. We stick everybody in a battery where they can't get hurt and they just kind of stay there for their whole lives. What's the difference I guess, between what what are you saying with the stewardship where you say, well, I did this because it's healthy for my child medically, you know, what's the difference between that oh. and sticking them in the, in the uh, plastic ball? I, I think at that point you've gone to an extreme uh, where, where you're no longer actually providing stewardship. You're, in your own, in a very different and unique way, abusing your power, and you're preventing them from growth in other areas. Sure, and I ask that question to, it, facetiously. I'm, I'm aware it's not that's not right. While well, one is potentially right, I make my kid eat my vegetables even though he doesn't want to, you know, so that he becomes healthier. I might be my child might be medically more healthy if I stick him in a tube and don't let him out and, you know, just, just force feed him the rest of his life. There's a lot more aspects of health that we need to talk about. You need to be socially healthy, you know, philosophical health, you know, uh, uh, physiological health. You know, there's so many other aspects of health. You know, you may be, you may say, well, I'm going to get less diseases that way, but there's so many other aspects to consider. Uh, something that I wanted to talk about with you, and I, I think we probably disagree with this, about this a little bit, but we can probably do so civilly, is the idea that, well, you're you're stabbing him with a needle, 
right? At the very least, let's ignore what's in the thing. You're stabbing them with a needle. What's the difference between this and like mutilation? You know what I mean? Like, like circumcision, that type of thing. Well, you know, I, I am not for circumcision. I believe it is an elective procedure with much higher levels of risk if you uh, look at the complications surrounding it. And it's an elective procedure with in which you are removing normal, functioning, healthy tissue as opposed to introducing an immune system to elements that it can act like recognize in the future and prevent that disease. Okay. Uh, I, I would be hard pressed to actually find a medical benefit to circumcision. I mean, there's the whole, and I'm sorry to be gross, guys, there's the whole smigma thing uh, that some people will cite, but usually that's just grossness as opposed to, like, getting sepsis. I mean, I guess you could hypothetically if you let it get really gross. But, uh, you know, I I think that there is some, here's the thing, almost everybody's able to provide medical backing for their side. Now, as far as if it's peer-reviewed, if it's past like full-fledged theories, you know, who can say? But you can find probably some evidence to demonstrate almost anything because you got it to work once. You know, we we live in a world that don't have necessarily a lot of absolutes, but have a lot of tendencies. And so, we can analyze some tendencies and say, well, the tendency seems to be here. And somebody's like, but I have an example that breaks all those tendencies. And it's like, well, right, but that's just, that's a small example, but here's the tendency. You know, uh, you know, Peyton Manning tended to be a good quarterback. Did he have some bad games? Yeah. You know, did he have some down games in his career? Sure. But he tended to be a good quarterback. So it's like, oh, he was yeah. terrible. Did you watch this one game? It's like, yeah. Did you see all the rest of the games? Like, c- come on. So like, I think that there's a lot of weighing that we have to do, especially when we talk about something like this. And it's it's unfair to force everyone to see it our way, to see it my way. I shouldn't say our way because, again, I don't want anybody to feel ganged up against, but to see it from my point of view, even if I feel that all the scientists are on my side, because that can lead to some really harmful things. Now, um I guess I need to reel this back into the concept of vaccinations. Now, why do we do them so young, Paul? Why why are we like like why are we why, why is this so important? Why can't we wait till they're eighteen? They're able to make their own decision about it. Uh, well, let's uh, get whooping cough, mumps, measles, and all these other childhood illnesses to wait until they're eighteen to pose a risk to them. Right. Yeah. Uh, The vaccine schedule is set by people who are way smarter in this field than I am. uh, And they choose the general ages that they try to push these vaccines out based upon what the child's uh, immune system is ready for. And, you know, they try to schedule it as soon as possible to prevent illness. 
especially something like whooping cough that is, you know, really difficult to deal with in a small child. Yeah, it's something that can kill you early, right? And so, and I think that's part one of it. Part two of it, when people say, why so early? Because your immune system is uh, pretty, pretty open during your first year of your life. And so the antigens, what they call like the weak, the watered down, everybody pretty much knows what a vaccine is, right? It's, it's the, in essence, like a really old man version of an aggressive cell. And well, so yeah. we say, so, you know, this thing would ordinarily kill you. Or maybe yeah. not even cell. I think some are bacteria, some are different, you know. Different. Or even just a protein from a virus shell. Right. Uh, you, you have either weakened strains uh, that are made to be unable to replicate, or you have uh, basically deactivated or broken up uh, parts of the uh, particular disease that are trying to be trained on your immune system. Yeah. So you've got, you've, that's what it is. And so you talked about as far as it being health. The thing is, is yeah, we don't want the kids to get it like when they're young, when it could be most harmful. But the other portion of this is that this is when their immune systems are going to take best to fighting it. So if you do take it when you are older, you will probably need to go back for several treatments. You'll probably need to keep re-updating it. Whereas you have a very blank outline when, when you are in that first year in your infancy, you know, to, to take these vaccines and say, you know, your body is going to remember this stuff forever if you do it yeah. now versus later where it's like, uh, I've got this pattern of everything being kind of cool. So that, I mean, that was weird, but I might, might remember it right now. It's just more effective when you're younger. Now, right. I did, this is kind of where we get to the first part of the, the vaccination debate. And, and this is something that I have to address. And this is just, do, does it work as far as creating a barrier? This is, and, and I, and Again, there is many philosophical things that I will grant you, anti-vaxxers, and we will get to that. But you cannot say that it does not work to some degree. They the, <laughs> Measles has, has gone greatly down since it... I, I mean, there's just instances throughout history where we introduce vaccinations and it starts to go down. I mean, that was the whole point of vaccinations. That's the reason they were invented. They are effective at that. We're aware of what they do. Now, yeah. I mean, I in our lifetimes, I think the number of people in the U.S. who have died of smallpox is numbered around zero. Yeah, and we've we've eradicated some diseases. We've come near eradication to some to some of these diseases and viruses, and that's that's awesome. Um, that there is a lot of potential there for vaccines now. Uh, I understand that you don't want a medical group that is largely government sponsored and has huge buyouts from them uh, that is that that has a lot of financial incentive and has before frankly um, done the un more unhealthy thing for the patient because of financial gain or power. That has happened, okay? And I understand why you wouldn't want to trust them, all right? So, so I am not saying anti-vaxxers, you know, go shut up, 
you know, your stuff doesn't work. But if we're simply talking about the medicine, we do have to acknowledge that this is a real thing. Okay. And so I guess let's talk about that before I get into that new thing that I just addressed uh, about the corruption and, and the money and all that. But if I choose not to vaccinate my sh- child, Paul, do I have that choice? Under libertarianism, should I have that choice? Yeah. What's the fallout from that choice? Well, I mean, honestly, at that point, you need to honestly think about whether or not you are prepared to deal with the possible illness or death of that child. Okay. And let's say I'm going to be extra safe. I'm going to, I'm going to keep them, you know, cause, cause a lot of this fear, look, I get that people are motivated by fear. We talk about it on the show all the time, that there's something that has a 0.001% chance of killing you. And the government feels like they need to regulate it. Yeah. Some of these vaccinations deal with that. You're right. You know, but it is something that you have to consider. Like Paul says, I want to introduce the next step, which is people then have the right, whether they want to associate with you or not because you might carry that disease because you haven't been vaccinated for it. You don't, you have the right to say what goes in your body, right? Paul and I are both okay with saying you have the right of saying what goes in your kid's body. If you're making a healthy decision, uh, I think schools of libertarianism will differ on this. I, I would say that you can't demonstrate lasting harm to the child. I think, which is probably why I'm okay with circumcision because I, you know, I, I can't demonstrate lasting harm because of it. That's a totally different episode. But either way, we say, okay, you know, there's things we need to do for this child. Okay. Uh, if we don't do something, everyone would have an Audi. Or we just like, you know, let your uh, umbilical cord sit out there, right? Or, or just say, oh, the child's not feeding itself. I guess it's going to die. I mean, that, that's, that's, this is not libertarianism, right? There's still responsibilities, you know, that we have in this society. <laughs> you can kill someone with negligence. That is not defending the right to life, which we have decided as part of our libertarian platform is one of your inalienable rights that you have. Okay. So, so that's, you have that right, right? But you can't, you don't get to use that to make other people do what you want. All right. So you don't get to say, no, you have to let me in your school. Okay. You don't get to say, no, you have to let me into your home. All right. Now, we can disagree about, and I don't think, I, I think Paul and I will go back to areas we agree on, but uh, you can say, well, I think that's a little extreme. Uh, I think part of the problem that I have with public schools is that they don't get to choose. They either say everybody's vaccinated or everybody's not vaccinated. You know, a, a private school, you get to say, hey, we're cool with people who aren't vaccinated here or we're not. Right. And you kind of get to choose a little bit. Unfortunately, with a public school system, you don't get to choose that type of thing. Um, airlines, where we know disease gets around in the recirculated air, a lot of times uh, we'll have some kind of vaccination requirement, um, you know, or something in the system <laughs> that can tell that type of thing. Uh, so, so, I mean, does, the, does this sound consistent to you, Paul? That, that like you have the right to say, I don't want to do this, but you have the right to not associate with me because of the decision that I made? Yeah. I, I mean, I have no, I have no desire to push my belief off on somebody else. Uh, 
do I wish that these people out there that are anti-vax would, uh, you know, find it in themselves to trying to phrase it very nicely to to vaccinate just you know you know go with the science go with us on this it's not going to hurt you more than a, any other shot and yeah I, I do wish that they would join us but I have no desire to dictate the issue to them and I have no problem with them having their own little coven as long as they don't catapult plague bodies over the walls at the rest of us. So there's, I like to use like, like let's take the religious freedom example. Um, so, so part of like Sikhism is you're required to have a blade on you at all times. Um, now I don't, mind somebody else having a blade on them at all times. For some people, it can make them uncomfortable. Now, I would still encourage like a voluntary, you know, like a group to say, hey, you should let these guys carry knives. They're, you know, don't freak out. They probably, they, they, they're not, they're not there to use them. They're there like, like how we view guns, right? You're there to defend yourself if you have to. These people are militant. This is just part of their faith, you know, I can encourage you to do something different. You know, we encourage Facebook to stop censoring libertarians. Would we ever mandate that? No. You know, I would never mandate that, uh, you know, the bake the cake thing. I'd never, I'm not going to mandate what I think is good behavior. That's up to everybody else. You might hear Sikhism and say, that's crazy. I wouldn't want somebody with a knife at all times anywhere near me, you know, within 10 feet of me. Okay, that's your choice. And that's your voluntary decision. You may go to establishments that say, I want nobody, I want to make sure that nobody here has a knife. We do that with guns all the time, right? These gun free zones. I want to make sure nobody here has a gun. It makes me uncomfortable, you know, except for bad people. But you know, that that's a, <laughs> that's a different debate. You know, I make sure I want to make sure everyone here has been vaccinated. Okay, I might disagree. Right? Like, I kind of personally, I'll admit, I do a little bit. Because for me, I've been vaccinated. So, am I upset when a non-vaccinated person comes around me? No, I'm immune. But I don't, again, my personal situation, I don't have a kid. So, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to kill me. You know, so I would encourage places to, to loosen up on the vaccine thing a little bit. Because they only damage themselves. But at the same time, I understand that it's their decision if they want to make it. Sorry, did you want to add something? Oh, no, no. Uh, the, your immune part, though, you know, that nothing's 100%, though. So, you know, even your immunization might not work because of your uh, biological makeup. And that's something that the, the science is... I don't like the term settled science because that makes it sound like we stopped doing research. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah. It may not be settled, but it's been here a little while and it's made itself very comfortable. Okay. Paul, I'm going to do an, <clears throat> an anti-vax friendly rant and I will allow you to follow up my rant with whatever you want to say. Uh, <clears throat> I'm more open to the idea of... Uh, vaccinations being harmful than Paul is. I'm open to 
all of it right now. Because frankly, I'm not a scientist. I've looked at studies and I'm very sympathetic to, towards the pro-vaccination side. I would never mandate it because I'm a libertarian, but I, I am sympathetic to the anti-vaxxers. And let me tell you why. Because there was a time in history where the settled science and the peer-reviewed and the studied and the theories and all science had agreed that black people shouldn't be allowed to have children and they should all get sterilized. And they should all submit themselves and anybody who says that they shouldn't, they're not a real scientist. They're not a good scientist. That's conspiracy theory. They're like, like, I can't believe you're even saying that. Okay. That's where the science was for a little bit. And unfortunately, here's, here's the problem with this because I'll be a person and everybody who's put 20 plus years in the medical field said everybody on earth has said, yeah, you got to sterilize black people. They shouldn't be allowed to have kids. So, you know, the right thing to do is to get them in here in these clinics and make sure they can't have kids. Well, what ended up happening with that? Obviously, the settled science got unsettled at some point. All right. Now, there was a problem with peer review. There's a problem with bias. I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but we have the same problems here. There is incentive to vaccinate your kids, right? There's incentive to do any medical procedure because it costs money, because it generates money. That's never going to go away. All right. Now, not every place that generates money is evil. In fact, most of them are great. You know, you don't usually get money unless you force me to do something. You can't force me to get vaccinated. So it has to be voluntary, which means it's probably a good thing. But you can still put out a smear campaign against me doing the right thing. If it is the right thing, you know, and, and make me make a bad decision. Okay, I don't believe that all I, I'm not going to believe that all these studies from all these scientists at 20 plus years have been all tainted, 100% tainted. Okay, I don't believe that. And that's not why I'm making this this rant. But what I'm saying is that we need to be open to it. Okay, here's something we do have to thank anti-vaxxers for. They were the ones who addressed the mercury in our vaccinations. They're the ones who addressed the high levels of aluminum in our vaccinations. Since then, we've eliminated mercury from our vaccinations because it proved harmful. And we've greatly reduced the aluminum in our vaccinations, as well as changed the type of aluminum we used, okay, to make them safer. Now, this was a time when people, oh, you crazies, you crazies. But the more the crazies kept poking and prodding, they actually did find some problems with it, all right? And they fixed it, okay? That's, that's how it should work. Now, so I don't like them being called crazies, okay? Now, that, so that's my, I guess, rights of the anti-vaxxer argument. I don't think that it is fair to completely throw all of them under the bus as a, as a bunch of Looney Tunes. They don't do themselves any favors a lot of the time because they dismiss a lot of science from people who are very honest. I had a friend, Anne, who I asked about, I went to high school with her, and I asked about on this very issue, and she's dedicated a huge portion of her life to this, and I'm sure she's disappointed by how many non-scientific terms I've been using, because when she talks, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you scientists, like I barely understand it. But, you know, she helped inform me about this issue, okay? She's an honest person. She's done the work. I trust her. Okay, that's why I believe that vaccines actually do work, but she is open to problems. Okay, we used to just say, yeah, all kids should have these. But Paul, you even brought this up yourself. We had to go kid by kid, right? We had to say, you know, oh, well, there's a certain blood type that actually has a really adverse reaction to this. 
Now, a lot of crazy anti-vaxxers will then say, oh, this this drug has a 5% chance of causing seizures. Well, no, it has a 0% chance of causing seizures and a 100% chance if you have this blood type. So, you know, we just don't recommend it for this blood type, okay? But we'll give you the other immunizations. I'm not saying that anti-vaxxers are perfect, but we need their voice and we cannot dismiss them as being ludicrous because ultimately, even if you're pro-vaxxer, they have improved the situation of vaccines, okay? And we need to poke and prod and we need to question what's going on here. A lot of money involved, a lot of medicine, there's a lot of force involved, and they're thinking about getting a lot of government regulation involved. And I don't want any of that stuff. Now, Paul, now that we've got all that anti-vax stuff out of your way, I would like you to just go hard pro-vax on either everything I said or anything that you'd like to say. Hit it hard. Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to start off by uh, correcting one or two things you said right there. Um, The type of mercury that we used in vaccines up through the early 2000s was not the same type of mercury that everyone should be up in arms about that's out there contaminating the world's tuna supply. Methyl er, Methyl mercury and ethyl mercury are biologically very different uh they are bound to different molecules and have very different reactions inside the body and one was used in the mmr vaccine up until the 90s it was removed due to an overabundance of caution and you know still has yet to be shown to have any biological active effect uh in any study since it's uh, being removed. But in a more general sense, yes, there is a profit motive. Yes, there are things that are done in the medical field that are of questionable ethics. But in order... In order to say that something like a vaccination is harmful, you should be able to back that claim up with evidence. We have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of studies out there showing the efficacy and safety of vaccines. And we have a handful of dubiously sourced dubiously qualified studies that show either harm or, you know, links to a disease that, you know, by all means should not be able to be linked to vaccination in the first place in autism. Uh, and that's kind of the foundation of this entire anti-vaccination movement is the Wakefield study and it was so bad and so repudiated amongst the scientific community that it was both withdrawn and the author investigated for his 
<laughs> for fraud around that study. So, you know, I, I, I do agree that we need to keep an open mind and we need to go back and tread over the same areas we've gone over in science before because we might find a new detail that changes things. But the key to having an open mind is not having so open a mind that your brain falls out. And that's where I come down on it. The science, like you said, I won't call it settled, but that area has been so well-tread over the past 20 years that we are at a point now where I can say that in my mind, vaccines are about as safe as any medical procedure that we could possibly perform on a newborn child. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I do. I, I, do. Uh, I have linked... I will link this in the show notes, but while you were uh, speaking, I did, I created, I, I put, and it seems that you are correct, that they were never able to link the type of mercury that they used to autism. We got rid of it, just in case, but that they were never able to link it to autism. I'm, I've got a study about that in the show notes, okay? You're allowed to ask questions. I encourage you to ask questions. I encourage you to work with your pediatrician. I encourage you to work with your doctor. There's a lot of still, like, there's still questions on the volume of aluminum, regardless of the type of aluminum in, in these vaccines. There's a lot of little bits here. And, and we'll go ahead and call this final thoughts, because I know we're over time anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you should talk about it with your pediatrician. You should talk about it with your doctor. You should talk about it with people in the know. You should talk about it responsibly over the internet and on social media. However. You're going to find a little bit of proof for about anything that you want. You can't allow yourself to get thrown overboard, okay, one way or another. You can get spiraled into something. I know I went on a hard anti-vax thing, so let me go, not necessarily pro-vax, but give you a little credence. We banned DDT in the United States because of really faulty science. As a result, we stopped producing. We stopped producing it to places that had hunger problems, places like Africa. And we killed millions of people by banning DDT without linking it to anything, right? We were suspicious. We weren't sure. We didn't like the chemicals. We saw a trace amount of the chemicals. We said, well, that, that's well below, you know, what you need. And we said, too bad. We banned it anyway, just to be sure. Killed millions of people. Okay. So that happened. So maybe what we need to talk about here and where I'm going to land on this is moderation. You need to have the right to choose. If you want food that has been uncontaminated with DDT, you should choose that. If it kills you, you chose it. At least you were in control. Vaccines. Choose to get one for you and your child if you decide that it's the right decision. Understand that whether you do or don't, you are responsible for the fallout of that. You are responsible for studying, for looking into the science, for, for trying as hard as you can, for working with your pediatrician. I'm not saying that you're an idiot one way or another, okay? But you are responsible for your choice. So when you make these choices, 
take all the information that you can. The libertarian position still holds firm. Okay. I know we answered the question right off the bat, but this is the question we were asked. Wouldn't, wouldn't in a libertarian world everybody get wiped out? No, because you can protect yourself. Okay. Maybe there's like, like Paul said, there's some overlap. Okay. But you can also voluntarily not associate with people that haven't been vaccinated. Okay. Or if you know you haven't been vaccinated, you can take precautions for yourself. It's the government's job to, job to provide for the common defense, but personal defense is up to you. So, and, and this is about as personal as it gets when we talk about medicine. I understand with vaccinations, we're talking about women's rights. We're talking about choice. We're talking about children's rights. We're talking about mutilation. We're talking about a lot of things, which is why I think that this is such an explosive topic. But you need to buckle down. You need to get, get your head clear and make the right choice. And don't be dictated to by trolls one way or another. Understand that your doctor has financial incentive. Understand he also has medical incentive. Okay? Examine your safety precautions with your doctor and make the right choice. And Paul, the rest of the time's yours. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say uh, that, you know, we at, we suffer from a problem where we don't realize how bad it has been in the past. Uh, you know, we think that things are so bad right now, but really, in the past 150 years, we've made huge strides in preventing disease, in preventing war, in solving crime, in doing everything that has made our world better. And I think that vaccination is one of those things that has helped uh, our species advance to the point now where instead of worrying about whether or not our children are going to live to see their fifth birthday, we worry about where they're going to go to college. Where or how they're going to afford to go to college in the days after they're born. I hate the idea that out there we have people who are <laughs> so distrustful of the scientific method that they're willing to risk it all on a gamble. A gamble that's been subsidized largely by the people who have been vaccine compliant, but, you know, we're seeing that breakdown in communities across the U.S. I don't want to dictate to people, but I do want people to reach a level of scientific literacy and to be able to understand what's going on. So, you know... I, I do encourage you to read up on the subject and to examine it for yourself. Just make sure where you're going is someplace that's worth going to. Good point. I think uh, it was good talking with you. I know we're going to, I think both of us probably have to stay off of social media for the next week or so. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I turned this over to some of my friends because I just wanted to ask, 
And I just had one that was like, oh, yeah, do you want to get wrecked? And I was like, well, I didn't even tell you where I stood on the subject. <laughs> he was ready to wreck me. I can't. I still don't know whether he was pro or anti-vax because he stopped after that. But it's just like I, I'm open to more information if you'd like to provide some. It's just so much vitriol. It's just so it much is. vitriol. But yeah. Anyhow, that's it, guys. Um, I really want to say, please help support us this time of year. If you've listened this far to a daily show, you're you're a super fan. And one of the things that would help both Paul and I keep keep going with the network is a Patreon subscription. Ten dollars a month means that like weekly you get to talk to the guys behind the scenes who are helping to create the podcast. You get a whole bunch of little goodies. Um, you might hear this show air a week after Paul and I did it. Or you can hear it tomorrow if you're a Patreon subscriber. So seriously, uh, sign up. I know it's Christmas time. It's a tough time of year for money, but it would really mean a lot to me. It would mean a lot to Paul. If you want to hear more of it, and even if you don't like what I said, the way to get my ears to be a part of that group that actually has invested in me to say, hey, here's what I want to hear from you and here's what I want better from you. And um, with that, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, everybody. 